Today, of course, is Yom Hazikaron, the day that we remember those brave Israeli men and women who have fallen in battle. In today's daily email that I'll be sending out a little bit later, I will have two pieces concerning the significance of this day, and I urge you to watch them. And if you want to receive that daily email and you are not doing so, please let me know, and I'll be happy to add you to that list. But today I want to focus on this week's Torah portion, the Parsha of Kedoshim, and perhaps the most famous verse, phrase in the Parsha, You shall love your fellow as you love yourself. One of the great classic commentators, Ibn Shuab, asks the following two questions. Number one, it's impossible. It's unnatural. Human nature does not allow for a person to actually love someone else as much as they love themselves. It goes against our nature. How can the Torah command such a thing? And number two, Rabbi Akiva himself, the one who says about these words, Zeklal Gadol Batorah, this is the great foundational principle on which the entire Torah is based, Rabbi Kiva himself does not endorse such extreme self-deprioritization. In fact, in a famous passage in the Talmud, two people are in the desert. They only have enough water for one of them to survive. And Rabbi Akiva's position is, my life has to come first. I have to save my life before I try to save someone else's life. So Rabbi Kiva himself is not consistent in this position that I should actually love my fellow literally as much as I love myself. Sometimes I have to come first. So what Ibn Shuab says is that we need to read the words slightly differently. The words, ve'ahavta, you shall love, l'reacha, your fellow, kamocha. Now, normally we translate that is the way I just translated. You should love your fellow the way you love yourself, which is problematic. But if you listen carefully to the Hebrew, there is a there is a syllable that doesn't fit into that. Ve'ahavta, you should love l'reyecha. Now, if the meaning was to love your fellow as you love yourself, it would have been written differently. It would have been written ve'ahavta es reyecha kamocha, love your fellow like you love yourself. But the Lamed indicates you love what belongs to your fellow. What is it connected to your fellow? In other words, what the Torah is saying is treat your fellow's possessions as if they're your possessions. Treat the things in your fellow's life as if they were your things. It is behavioral, not a statement of emotion, but a statement of action, a behavior of how we are to act. Treat someone else's possessions with the same care that you would provide for your own. And Ibn Shuab gives the following example, which comes from the Talmud Yerushalmi. The Talmud says, 
if a person hurts himself with his own hand, he would never cut off his hand. If a person pokes himself in the eye with his finger, he would never punish his finger. Therefore, when a Jew hurts another, we do not hit back. Whatever we wish for ourselves, we aim for in our dealings with others because we treat the other person the way that we ourselves would want to be treated. Cory Booker, an American politician, not Jewish, but very informed and illuminated by biblical values, once said, before you speak to me about your religion, first show me it to me in how you treat other people. In the end, I am not as interested in what you have to tell me or what you have to sell me as I am interested in how you choose to live and to give. And of course, this was really stated in a slightly different context, again, back to the Talmud. Hillel, the famous sage Hillel, expressed this idea, but using different words. Hillel said, my dasani lach, what is hateful to you, don't do to someone else. In other words, Hillel is explaining that really the Havta is very simple. It's very practical. It simply means whenever you are about to do something or say something, stop and think. Would you want that done to you? Would you want that said to you? If the answer is yes, then go ahead. And the answer is no, then stop. It's very simple. Of course, a very important part of that is to stop and think before you act. To put yourself in that situation, to ask yourself that question, would I want this to happen to me or not? I've shared with some of you before the amazing story of the Chafetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Mer Kagan of Radin. He lived Radin in Poland, the winters were very harsh, very cold. The Chavetz Chaim, although he was the greatest leader of the Jewish people in the early 1900s, but he was very poor and he took nothing for himself. One time, a wealthy man came to visit him to ask for advice. The Chavetz Chaim was helpful to him and this man wanted to give him a present. And normally the Chavetz Chaim did not want to receive presents. He didn't want physical objects, but the wealthy man insisted and to make this man feel better, he accepted this gift of some very fine, expensive, fur-lined, warm gloves. Certainly something that is necessary in the cold winters of Poland. So a few days later, it happened that the Chavetz Chaim was traveling to another city by train, and he was traveling with some of his students who were escorting him, and they had their own compartment and they were sitting in the compartment. The compartment was small on the train. There was just enough room for this group. Chavetz Chaim stayed in his coat with his gloves in his pocket. But a little while into the journey, the compartment, the train compartment started to get stuffy. And one of the students opened the window to get some fresh air. And the Chavetz Chaim wanted to move from one seat to another to get out of the way of the breeze. 
And somehow, as the Chavetz Chaim was moving, his jacket rubbed up against the window and one of his expensive new gloves flew out the window. Chavetz Chaim didn't even realize it. But one of his students said to him, Rebbe, Ayvei, your glove just fell out the window. Immediately, to the amazement of his students, the Chavetz Chaim took the other glove out of his pocket and he threw that out the window. Students looked at him in amazement. Why, why would you do such a thing? The Chavetz Chaim said, imagine one day someone's going to be walking along these train tracks and they're going to find this beautiful glove, this warm, beautiful new glove, but they're only going to find one. And that person is not going to be able to benefit from it. So I thought to myself, what good does the one remaining glove do for me? I can't use one glove by itself. I'll throw it out the window. And this way, when someone finds it, they'll find two and they will be able to use it. That's what it means to think of another and what is happening to another as if it is happening to me. If I was walking along the tracks and I saw a single beautiful warm glove that I would be able to take, I would want to be able to find a second. I wouldn't want to be stuck with one. That's how the Chavetz Chaim thought. To put himself in a position where he thought about what would the other person want under those circumstances. Rabbi David Walpi reminds us of another important aspect of this. You shall love your fellow as you love yourself. It requires first that you love yourself. And we've discussed this before. For many of us, loving ourselves is not so easy. And we don't have any clear indication. We don't have any clear direction in the Torah. How are we supposed to go about loving ourselves in order to love others? Rabbi Walpi directs this to the Pasuk immediately before. Just before the Torah says the words, the Torah has a different verse just before. Where the Torah says, do not bear a grudge against your fellow in your heart. Don't bear a grudge. Now, the simple understanding of why not to bear a grudge is to maintain social harmony. It's over. Let's say the person apologized. Well, they didn't so much apologize, but it's over. Let it go. Don't carry it around. It just creates and continues animosity. Bring the conflict to an end. Prevent it from growing into something worse than it really should be. Now that's true. But it's also true that a person should not bear a grudge for our own sake. In order for me to be able to move on. In order for me to be able to be unburdened and not overwhelmed by anger. Because if I do bear a grudge, it will eat away at me. The Pasuk is saying, I should show myself some love 
by leaving behind old grudges. And if I leave behind old grudges, thereby showing some love for myself, I will have the capacity to love others. And that capacity will increase as I look out for my own self-love. Finally, I want to share with you a couple of insights that I heard from Rabbi Malik Biederman concerning Pirkei Avos, ethics of the fathers, which many of us have the custom to study during these weeks between Pesach and Shavuos. And the truth is that this work, which is the work of ethics, Pirkei Avos, is really many, many different applications of to love your fellow as you love yourself in different contexts. Pirkei Avos is really, in a certain sense, an expanded treatment of how to apply the Ahavta in real life. The first lesson, the first line in Pirkei Avos is the teaching, be deliberate in judgment. Don't rush to come to a decision in your judgment. Question is asked, hold on a second. That's a rule for judges. If you're a judge, don't judge hastily, but be deliberate in your judgment. But why start this work, Pirkeiavos, which is intended for everybody, by giving a direction that is directed specifically to one very narrow category of, of professionals who are judges? One of the classic commentators, Yaivitz, gives the following answer. Be honest with yourself. How many people did you judge in the last hour? So we start Pirkei Avos with this lesson, which really does apply to every single one of us. Before you judge someone, give yourself some time to think. Be deliberate. Be calm. Before you judge or criticize someone, calm yourself down. Take a moment. How do we do that? Well, there's another lesson in Pirkei Avos. Have he done eskol ha'adam lekafschus? Usually translate that. We should judge every person in a favorable way. The Sfas Emes asked the following question. There is what appears to be an extra word. Heavy, heavy, you should. The phrase would have meant the same if it would have just said, done as called Adam the Kafskus, judge every, every person favorably. What does it mean, heavy, you should? Svasemix explains, heavy means you should apply it to yourself. You should consider if I was in that situation of that person that I'm seeing. I would have a hundred excuses for what I'm doing. Person comes late to something. I see that person and I think to myself, uh, critical. They, they're, they're keeping other people waiting. They're, uh... But if it was me that came late, I know I had an urgent call. There was traffic. I've got 10 reasons. I've got 10 excuses. If it was me, I would have a perfect excuse all ready to go, of why I didn't really do anything wrong. I should do the same for you. 
Have they done as when before coming to judge your actions, I should put myself as if I was coming to judge my own action that I saw in you, in which case I would have an elegant and eloquent defense. I should supply the same defense to you. Again, how would I want to be treated? I would want to be treated that before you judge me, you think a little bit about what the legitimate reasons are of why I did something that appeared to be to you to be incorrect, but maybe I had excuses, maybe there were reasons. And then he quotes the Pnei Menachem. It's a little bit of a joke. The phrase, have you done as kal ha'adam l'kafskus? Should judge every person on the side of merit. L'kaf the word kaf is the same word in Hebrew that means spoon. <laughs> What's the connection of a spoon to this subject? <laughs> so the Pnei Menachem says, what do you do with a spoon? What you do with a spoon is you go through the cholin pot to find the little pieces of meat. The spoon helps you to search for the best part that's underneath the beans and the barley you don't really care for. We should act like that spoon. When you see someone acting improperly before you come immediately to a negative judgment of that person, you should search out for the delicious nuggets and morsels that may be under the surface, not so readily visible because that's what we would want someone to do for ourselves. To be able to stop and to think and to see ourselves as if we were that person in that scenario and to think about that person the way that we would want someone else to think about us. That is how we practically, simply, and effectively Put into practice, ve'ahavta l'reacha kamocha, to love our fellow as ourselves, zeklal gadol batora. This is the major foundational principle of the entire Torah. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.